Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Two years ago, Lori Lightfoot made Chicago history. Today, you did more than make history. You created a movement for change. Now halfway through her four-year term, Mayor Lightfoot has had an oftentimes rocky couple of years. From political opposition, a teacher strike, a troubled budget, a racial justice uprising, to a global pandemic. Here to help us grade Mayor Lightfoot's first two years in office are WTTW politics reporter Heather Sharon and Chicago Tribune City Hall reporter John Byrne. Heather and John, welcome back. Hi. Happy to be here. So there's a lot to get to, but I want to start with the report card. How would you grade Mayor Lightfoot's time in office so far? John, you first. Uh, I, I guess, you know, I guess I'd give her an incomplete. I mean, I don't like to, I don't, I, I don't like to hand out grades. I would say that she was handed a, a pretty, pretty lousy hand here to, to start off, but she hasn't made things uh, any easier on herself. So um, she's got a couple years to figure it out. I don't know if I'll let you get away with an incomplete, John. <laughs> Going to have to give us a grade. <laughs> um, well, um, I, I guess I'd give her a, a, a gentle, a gentlewoman's if we're okay. if we're grading, you know. Okay, Heather, how about you? I, I I was also going to give her an incomplete, but I no. guess that's not on the table. <laughs> not allowed. Um, so I will also offer her a, a gentlewoman seat. There, there's no doubt that when she gave that speech that we just heard a little bit of, that anybody could have anticipated that there would have been a global pandemic that would have shut down Chicago for the better part of the year. Um, but there are a lot of other issues, regardless of the pandemic, outside the pandemic, that she has said she would grapple with but has not. What's a gentlewoman see? Inquiring uh, minds want to know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a, I think it's a, actually, isn't it like a, uh, an Ivy League term for a person who, you know, kind of gets the, gets the C and, and, and uh, you know, maybe isn't the, the top of the class, but is considered to have done the, uh, the minimum to gotcha. accomplish uh, what needed to be accomplished. I don't know if that exactly. actually fits here. Gotcha. I don't know if that actually fits here since I think she's trying really hard. You know, I don't think she's trying to just get by, but right. but uh, th- th- there are just so many extenuating circumstances here. But but I'm, as Heather pointed out, you know, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of unforced errors as well. Well, so we'll we'll get tough. to some of the big moments that uh, you've sort of touched on in just a minute. First, I want to discuss the mayor's governing style, right? Chicago's mayors in recent years have been seasoned politicians, and Lightfoot definitely came in as sort of this outsider candidate. Other mayors have had what we call rubber stamp councils. 
and Lightfoot has seen more opposition than I think we're used to. So what do you think uh, is the reason that we've seen this difference, John? Well, I mean, she's seen more opposition, but let's keep in mind that she hasn't really lost any votes. For I mean, she, you know, there's a loud, there's a louder sort of socialist, uh, social democratic uh, 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 caucus in the council that is obviously making its voices heard. But there's still not. This isn't like a council war situation that Harold Washington dealt with in the '80s, where there's a block of aldermen who are who are blocking his legislation. Um, but but when you talk about her style, she hasn't again hasn't made things easy on herself because I don't think she's uh, of a mind to do a lot of compromising with council opponents. So she puts herself in kind of a my way or the highway situation, and that's why you see these closer votes. But she's still winning for the most part. What do you think makes her different from our past mayors, John? Is it just the approach? Well, we, I can compare, you know, I was here for uh, Emanuel's um, two terms, and Emanuel had a, a, a well-deserved reputation for being a combative, a bullying guy, but Emanuel was also a, a mayor who was steeped in the, uh, you know, political uh, glad-handing and negotiating, and he was, everything was flexible with him. He wanted to get as many people on his side as possible. So he would fight with aldermen, but then he would sit down with them and say, what do I need to do to get you to a yes on whatever it is? And he would negotiate that. He would negotiate, 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 because he wanted a 50 to zero vote. Lightfoot, on the other hand, says, I'm putting this out there. Go ahead and vote against it if you want, and uh, we'll see where the chips fall. You know? Let's look back at uh, what she's gotten done in the last two years. Heather, what was the biggest thing that she was able to accomplish during this first half of the term? Well, I think if you ask her, she'd say, look, we have survived a pandemic. Um, The city is emerging after, if not the worst year of its history, certainly, um, you know, the one of the most. There there is a reason why at the height of the pandemic, uh, nearly every public appearance the mayor made included a reference to the great Chicago fire and how the city rebuilt itself from the ashes. There is no doubt that the mayor sees that um, that as sort of her largest accomplishment. And she's very proud of the fact that Chicago appears poised to rebound um, economically, culturally, socially um, after the pandemic. Although um, you and I have talked uh, repeatedly about Mm -hmm. how this pandemic appears to be waning and then surges right back. So I'm certainly not declaring an end end to the pandemic. Uh, At the same time, uh, it's impossible to know in an alternate universe what she would have concentrated on in this past year if not for the pandemic right before everything changed she gave a major speech where she vowed to tackle generational poverty and make significant changes to the city's eviction rules to ensure that people were not you know turned out on the street for no reason um, and to really sort of focus on those inequities that the pandemic brought into stark relief um, I think that's why probably both John and I were leaning towards the incomplete because um, it's been such a total change in focus um, because of the pandemic, um, which has left her with, with many things 
more undone than I think we would have otherwise seen in a non-pandemic universe. Yeah, in addition to COVID and her prioritization of equity uh, during the pandemic, the mayor might add the $15 minimum wage to her list, um, fair work week, um, invest Southwest. What do you think, John? What would you say was the biggest thing that the mayor managed to get done? Um, yeah, the, the uh, work week and the, the $15 you point out are, are those were accomplishments. I think those were those were maybe largely on the runway. I mean, she certainly helped push them over, and, and she came into office with, with the momentum to help uh, get those things done. So I don't want to diminish the fact that, that she accomplished that. Um, the Invest Southwest part of it, I think, is, a, is a, a huge part of the incomplete. This is a gigantic, you know, plan that, that is so, supposed to be her manifestation of we're moving away from downtown um, and and going to focus on uh, neighborhoods that have struggled for, for decades. And, um, you know, she's trying to launch these things, but again, the pandemic has just made it so difficult. She's just been reactive so often. She's been reactive to the to the pandemic itself. She's been reactive to the Chicago Teachers Union in, in a lot of cases. And she's been reactive to uh, violence and some really high profile incidents that, that have forced her to just kind of play defense on things uh, rather than being able to focus on, you know, I'm gonna help rebuild struggling neighborhoods and communities that desperately need more investment. Yeah, to that end, let's talk a bit more about the, the challenges because it certainly hasn't been smooth uh, from political battles to major budget problems to this pandemic. Heather, the job of a big city mayor isn't easy, but can you tell us more about some of the major obstacles that Lightfoot has faced so far? Well, I think that it's important to to remember that this is Lightfoot's first foray into politics. You know, she went from zero to 100 miles an hour on May 20th, uh, 2019. And you know, I think that as we've watched her, she's clearly um, struggled to figure out how to, um, you know, get her policies crafted in a way that can pass the city council and that can do so with sort of a modicum of of drama. Um, you know, John is right that she's she's won the battles, but uh, you know, it, it she had essentially two extra votes for her spending plan uh, her her and her property tax hike back in October and that that is quite a small margin and I think that part of the reason that she's faced those issues is because um, you know she was a corporate lawyer she was a prosecutor and that's a very different skill set than herding 50 cats into one direction because every alderman thinks that they know what the right thing is and John you touched on this a moment ago, but the mayor's gone toe-to-toe with the Chicago Teachers Union, who then went on strike, and then they battled again earlier this year over the return to in-person learning, right? Yeah. And, you know, the the mayor's people would say, well, you know, this this was inevitable. This was always going to happen. The fact that it took this particular form uh, it has to do with you know the pandemic and the exigencies of that but but that the the CTU has been gunning for a fight ever since their candidate Tony Preckwinkle got crushed by 
Lori Lightfoot in, in the runoff and, and that they're looking toward 2023 already and they don't want a successful, uh, a successful mayor. But clearly, you know, the CTU is, is becoming much more um, active in pushing a variety of different uh, uh, ideas that they want improvements on and, and, they, and they've been having some success in Springfield as well. I mean, we're looking at, we're looking at uh, their expanded bargaining rights got approved downstate, and we're currently battling over an elected school council, which could both both of which could drastically change the 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 map, uh, the political map in Chicago in terms of where the power lies going going forward between these two groups. What about her handling of the protests last summer after George Floyd was murdered, and, and that police raid of um, Anjanette Young? Can you talk about those, Heather? Well, it's important to remember that Lori Lightfoot was elected in large part because she promised to reform the Chicago Police Department, which, you know, insert adjective here, has been embattled and beleaguered and scandal prone for for decades. And those two issues, the the Anjanette Young raid, which I should say took place before she took office, but um, the aftermath of it was was on her watch, of course, as well as the handling of, of the George Floyd protests almost exactly a year ago, I think really made a lot of people question whether she was truly capable of fulfilling those campaign promises. And there have been, we are awaiting a report from the independent monitor, which is charged by a federal judge on overseeing reforms of the police department on the handling of those protests. The inspector general's report on those protests was scathing uh, that basically the police had no direction and that they essentially indiscriminately abused protesters, um, you know, without provocation. And the mayor has been defiant on on both issues. She acknowledged yeah. that the way that she handled the Anjanette Young raid was not great. She announced an independent investigation that we are awaiting the results of. And, and she basically said that the inspector general didn't know what he was talking about, about the protests and that where there were problems, changes were made and, and problems corrected. And that has really been the, the tone that she has struck um, when confronted with issues like that. But there's no doubt that um, her tenure in office will be judged on on her ability to to deal with the police department. And of course, we we have to mention the the, the police shooting of 13 year old Adam Toledo, who, you know, which which happened wholly on her watch and was was rife with controversy and a, a, and a huge amount of pain in the city. Well, let's look ahead. We've talked about the first two years of her term, but what about the next two years? Are there campaign promises, John, that she has yet to fulfill that she may be getting around to now that the city has a handle or more or less on this pandemic? I mean, yeah, you talk about the the Invest Southwest stuff, but remember on that when she gave that speech at her inauguration, she also basically called out the city council that was sitting on the stage with her. Uh, for her for her speech and and then set out to you know rein in the the type of uh, aldermanic prerogative and uh, control over a variety of zoning and other um, you know uh, city services at the ward level, which she says is at the root of the kind of corruption that we saw with the uh, with the raid on Alderman Burke's office that was largely responsible for helping her win uh, the mayoral race a couple years ago. So 
she, you know, a lot of people voted for her based on her bring in the light and clean up the city council talk on the campaign trail. And she has found since then that it's, it's a lot harder to kind of um, legislate away the kind of traditions that have guided aldermen for good and for ill for a long, long time. So I, I'm sure before she runs again, mm-hmm. which she has said she's going to do, she would like to be able to point to more concrete things she's done to, to change the city council. Well, Heather, earlier in the show, we had Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor on, and she talked about how these first few years for a mayor, they're really like a learning period. And we've been talking here about how Lightfoot had to face these unique challenges. So, of course, there was a lot to learn. What do you think that the mayor has learned, though, that may influence this second half of her term? I would be reluctant to try to peer (laughs) into Mayor Lightfoot's um, brain. I, I don't know that she has changed her approach at all um, in the in the two years, as as John said, you know, her inauguration is best remembered for her turning around and you know, sort of uh, putting the aldermen on notice. And um, she was, you know, uh, direct and forthright in warning about the consequences of voting against her budget, perhaps you know, threatening city services and specific wards. Um, you know, uh, she she is unapologetically herself and that is sometimes serves her purposes and sometimes it creates more problems than I think anticipated. Well briefly before I let you both go what are you going to be watching for over the next two years and and where do you think the mayor needs to step up and and prioritize immediately? John you first. She uh, well we got a we got the uh, city council ward remap that's coming up based on the census and um, I will be interested to see to what extent she gets involved with that and tries to kind of direct that and tries to kind of uh, control what the uh, wards look like. This can be a quagmire for uh, a mayor to get to get drawn into these these, you know, border conflicts between aldermen. But it's also a way for her to kind of put her stamp on things on the council if she if she opts to get involved. So I'll be looking to see what she does in that regard. And give me a brief response, Heather. I think we've got to watch police oversight. There's a big push for an elected board to be put in charge of the police department. I think that will have a huge impact, however it plays out on her tenure for the next two years. That's WTTW political correspondent Heather Sharon and Chicago Tribune City Hall reporter John Byrne. Heather and John, thanks so much. And that's today's Reset. Keeping up with the topics and conversations that affect you most is easy. Just make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. And please take a few seconds to give us a rating and review. It really helps other people find us. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. And we'll meet again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.